Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I had to make a decision between do I want to walk the rest of my life or do I want to end up in a chair? Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. <laughs> I, I feel like that's how, like, that's just become our standard, how we say things, but we never planned it that way. No, we did not plan it that way. We just it started. Just yeah. It just, yeah. That's how we how do it. How else are we going to do it? I don't know. So. Hello, Michelle. <laughs> no, I hate that. I'm sorry. I wish no. I never said that. <laughs> uh, we're doing our intro a little bit early this week, and so it's going to be sort of like our you intro what our week has been like yet i know only part of the week because i'm going away yes i'm choosing to ignore that i'm sorry but it has to be done and it will come out the di- like the day late late when i get back so yeah. we had to have this intro outro recorded ahead of time well lucky for you i had some shiitake go down on the weekend to talk about so my god what happened you were, you know what happened. Well, me. okay, I'm but I'm trying to, okay, but I'm trying to like, would, oh yeah, okay, yes. never mind, yes, moving ma'am. on. <laughs> what happened? Okay, so uh, we came to your house in the morning to record our Patreon episode. Yes. And we were super rushed because I had a birthday party to get back to. I was going to do a shift, like a, mm-hmm. a skip shift. So I was rushing back to the town that I live in and... My daughter was supposed to be being picked up for a birthday party, but the mom was already at my house. So I was like, just go, like, I'll just bring her. So I brought her to a hotel where they were having a birthday party and went back to my car and my car wouldn't open. And I was very confused because the type of vehicle I have, it's not supposed to lock if the keys are in it. Right. And you have to like, it's it's a keyless entry, right? Like you have a fob. Yes. And your car won't unlock unless you're you have yeah, and the and the car won't accidentally lock by itself if the keys yeah. are inside allegedly, which is great for me because there have been quite a few times that I've locked my keys in my car. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, and I don't know if anyone else does this, but like when you try to do something that you do all the time and it doesn't work, you stop and think like, okay, is this me? Like, have I all of a sudden forgotten like how to get into a vehicle? Have I, you know what I mean? Like where you're you're kind of doubting that it's real almost you're I don't know for me I'm always like is this me am I an yeah. idiot and have I forgotten how to get into my vehicle but I couldn't get in and I was like walking around the car and so I was like whatever I guess I need to call AMA AMA said it was going to be like an hour so I'm like okay that's fine I'll just sit here I sat outside the hotel where the birthday party was going on and my other daughter was supposed to have her big sister come like from Big Brothers Big Sisters and hang out with her. So I asked her if she could go to the house and just hang out with Julia and the twins until I could get back. And then she offered to take them all to the park. 
So she picked them all to the park. And then AMA called me an hour later saying it was going to be an hour. And I was like, but it's already been an hour. They're like, yeah, sorry. Like a bunch of people called at the same time and blah, blah, blah. So anyway. Oh, man. Finally, AMA shows up, opens up my car. And all of a sudden my car alarm's going off. And I'm like, what? Like, why would my car alarm be going off if my keys are in it? Yeah. And I go in my car and I can't find my keys anywhere. I'm searching all through my car and I'm like, I got here. Like, how did I get here if I didn't have my keys? And how did I get to your house if I didn't have my keys? And I keep my keys on my wallet so that I always have, if I have my wallet, I have my keys. Right. And I hadn't taken them out anyway. So... I can't figure out why the car alarm's going off. I can't find my keys anywhere. I call you to like have you walk me through it because I'm like this isn't making any sense. Like, am I yeah. an actual idiot? <laughs> and then I was like, the only thing I can think is that they're in my daughter's swim bag. Like they somehow fell in her swim bag. I go into the birthday party, look in her swim bag, and they're there. Oh my god. So I god. sat outside for two hours, called AMA, all for nothing, and then the party was over. Yeah, and well, <laughs> I mean, at least it was something simple. It was, and I sat in the sun for like two hours and listened to a podcast, but still, it was just like, I could be cleaning my house right now. I was supposed to be doing Skip, and I couldn't do that, and that was just frustrating, so. Yeah. That was my Sunday after we my recorded. Gosh. Wow. Yeah. I had some similar funny things happen. Maybe it's like a full moon or like is Mercury in retrograde or something because... Isn't it always? Yeah. On Monday, um, I had to work from home because one of the kids was uh, sick, like we had a cold. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. Like I can work from home. And I went downstairs to put something in the washing machine and the rug that sits over the floor drain was soaking wet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh no, like I don't know much, but I know that your basement floor should never be wet. Yeah. Especially if it's like a drain, that's like things go in, not out of it. And so I was like, crap. And so I told Lindsay, she's like, you need to get a plumber in right away. And I was like, ah, like God. And then, so I start calling around for plumbers I talked to this one plumber and he was like, I would actually call 311 first. And that's like our local um, like city number, yeah. like to call the city of Calgary. Yeah. And they were like, because if it's the sewer, you should first check because there's no cost if it's coming from like a backed up sewer from the street or I don't know, some, I don't know anything. So I was like, oh, that's great. So I called 311 and they were like, oh, wow. Yep. If there's water in the basement, we're going to be right there. And I was like, whoa, okay, this is great. They come within two hours, these two like giant men with their safety vests and their tools and they're ready to like solve the problem. And then we go down there and I was like, okay, so here's the floor drain and this rug is really wet. And then I like look over and I was like, but what I find interesting is this rug beside it is not really wet. (laughs) And like, I don't understand, like, did the water come up and this one rug took it all because it was like a real thick rug? Yeah. And they were like, okay, okay. And they're like looking around and they were like, okay, yeah, this pipe and this, I don't know what they're talking about. And then they're like, oh, do you know about this pipe? And I like look and there's this like rubber tube that's just like sitting on the floor open Mm -hmm. and I was like no I don't know what that is they're like we think that's your humidifier it looks like it actually was shoved into the drain using this zip tie here but it looks like it popped out and they were like that would explain why water was like coming out of this tube directly onto the rug but that's why nothing else is wet because it wasn't a ton of water and I was like oh 
okay. And they were like, but you know, they were really kind. They were like, we'll just do a test anyway, just to make sure. So I had to like go and like flush all the toilets and turn on all the showers and like make sure it wasn't causing water to come up. But I think they knew. I think they were just trying to make me feel better. And I was like, I am so sorry that you (laughs) rushed out here to tell me that this little tiny tube that should have been in the pipe was just sitting beside it. Yeah. And so they laughed. They were like, well, hopefully this is the hardest thing we do all day. And I was like, okay. And then on Tuesday, uh, I was also working from home and I had an electrician scheduled to come in. Shout out to our friend's husband, who is so lovely. We wanted him to come in because there's a whole row of pot lights in our basement that won't turn on. And we've changed out the light bulbs. We don't know what's going on. Obviously, it's wired funny. One bulb, if you wiggle it, it turns on, but then it turns off. So we're like, we just need an electrician to come and like fix these pot lights. Yeah. So he like comes in. He's like going in and out and doing these things and looking. He's like, okay, yeah. So um, it was actually just the wrong type of bulb was in this socket. And I was like, oh. And he was like, yeah, if you look here, these these bulbs say do not use on dimmer switches. And like these these are all on a dimmer switch. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And he's like, but I had some extra bulbs. So I just switched them out to make sure. And they're all working. So funny. (laughs) Like why? Welcome to the joys of having a house. Yeah. I don't even know why it didn't i mean we tried changing out the light bulbs we were just using the light the bulbs that we already yeah. had which were not for dimmer switches right anyway so we had a bunch of tradespeople in to tell us how silly we were because <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing actually wrong <laughs> and now they've spread your pictures out to all the other tradespeople to say if they call you yeah first me ask them if it's something silly simple and questions. simple <laughs> yeah ridiculous that's funny Ah. Uh, Anyway, anyway, you know, I think that I need to ask another question to our listeners because I find myself saying anyways, and I think it's anyway, but I don't know. Anyways, anyway, I'm trying to think of, you know, Ellen Uh in her show after the starting credits, she like, there's a little image of her crossing her feet over each other and she says, anyway, but is it anyways? I don't know. Because I think forever I've said anyways. But I don't think it's anyways. I think it's just anyway. Because it's like, but anyways, also, what is, let's move on. Not like anyways, let's, I don't know. I think I, I think either way doesn't really make sense if you think about it. Like anyways or anyway yeah. is a way of like moving on from a conversation. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well. Really, we don't know anything. So by the time this episode comes out, it will have been Halloween. So I yes. hope everybody listened to our... Uh, two Halloween specials plus our Halloween Patreon special. Yes. Because those were really exciting. And for all so of those fun. wondering, I have now listened to one podcast about Lizzie Borden. And I'm going to listen to another. Are I didn't realize she was like. Now? Yeah, she was a little crazy. Oh, yeah. Like she was like laughing. But she was acquitted. Yeah, I haven't heard part two yet about why that oh, all went down. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I knew that that had happened. They referenced it. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. this, I can't remember the name of the podcast that I listened to, but they filmed it in Lizzie Borden's house. Oh, it was my spooky. Atlanta. Yeah. It's not the one with uh, Aaron Moriarty from 48 Hours? No, I don't think so. She does one too. Oh. She, yeah. It's a, it's a very big like it's a very big true crime story considering it it's was in like the mid 1900s 
right like 1930s or something yeah and i literally yeah. had never heard of it i don't know well you know what and i started to lose faith in humanity because i was asking people at work if they knew who lizzie borden was and they all said no too and i was like excuse me Oh, well, okay. I feel more, I feel better because on Instagram, on our stories, you asked and everybody said yes. Yes, I know. Except for like one other person. And I was like, oh. That's because they are very smart people. I mean, not that you're not smart. They're just, I'm just not as, I'm not as woke as them. You're not. It's just facts. Yeah. Well, anyway, I hope that Halloween goes great for you. This will be the first Halloween in two years that I haven't gone trick or treating with you guys. I know. What are your kids going to be? The twins are going to be, Jude's going to be an astronaut and Claire's going to be a unicorn. Mm -hmm. And the girls are going to be black cats. Oh. And Adrian is going to be a ghost. Ah, that's nice. What are you going to be? A mom trying to wrangle five kids on (laughs) Halloween. At least Halloween's on a Sunday. So like you can get them ready. It's always a hustle if it's after school. Oh, the after school Halloween is the worst. Yeah, I think a Saturday would be best because you've got all day to get ready. And then who cares if they're up a little bit late because they can sleep in the next day. Yeah. But at least this way, you've got to get them to school the next day. Yeah. And like most of the time, if it's during the week, I'm working and then you Mm -hmm. get off work and then it's like, we got to eat dinner and then we got to go like, yeah, make up all that crap. It's crazy. But I did decide to take a skip shift the afternoon of Sunday so probably wasn't my best idea but I also need to make some money so Hmm. I'll figure it out my mom's gonna come trick-or-treat with us so oh that's nice so she can help me with the kids well that's good well I hope everybody had a really great Halloween and if you know if you say anyways or anyway let us know yeah let us know Ooh, and well, this episode's coming out November 2nd so yesterday November 1st we will have done the draw for a free reading with Kaylee McDonald on our Patreon group. So if you are a Patreon member, you're entered into draws. We try to do every month to win stuff. Later in the month, we're going to do a draw for a paranormal investigator for like a Soul Sisters merch. Yeah. Also, I wanted to mention, and it took me so long to get to this, which I feel terrible about, but we were able to raise $150 for the Evelyn Foundation. Yay! The Evelyn Foundation from the Evelyn notebooks that we created. So That's so great! Yeah, that was nice. And I think that we will do more things like that in the future. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, so why don't we get on to today's episode? It is with David. All right, let's do we it. Never get, we never get to interview boys. I don't know why or men, guys. Men. Humans that identify as male. There we go. Yeah, it was so great talking to him and uh, like love talking to ladies, but also we need to get more men on the show. Absolutely. So if you and or a man or know a man, <laughs> just send in your stories. <laughs> this is going great. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, David. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing really well and yourself? Good, we're good. It's extra early for us. <laughs> You're like one of the luckiest people that got us at a 8 a.m. our time on a Sunday. So if we have morning voice, that is why. Well, I feel I feel extremely uh grateful and honored that you guys were able to accommodate me on, on this day at this time. So thank you so much. 
Oh, of course. I know when you and I were talking about schedule and I was like, okay, 10 a.m. Florida. Okay, that's 8 a.m. And I was like, Michelle, how do you feel about getting up early? I just had to kick all my kids out of my bed. So that was fine. <laughs> it's, I'm usually awake. It's just they're, they're not. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. We're, I'm the peppy one. So Michelle will wake up through the episode. So who, who's the one that has five kids? Is it? It's me. It's Michelle. Oh, so it's you, Michelle. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you so have your hands full in the morning. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, Michelle's got five kids and I've got five dogs. Oh, so it's 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 the opposite. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, but luckily dogs are easy. I can just like, they're like not even, they don't take nearly as much work as oh, five children. Oh, wow. That's that's, that's incredible though. I, I commend you for, for staying level-headed with all those kids. <laughs> Well, we're so excited to chat with you. We've been following along on your like Instagram and you've got, do you call it like a YouTube channel, but it is also a podcast or yes, is it a I, podcast that is on YouTube? We could say, we could say, uh, I mean, you could say both. I mean, I would say, I would say a podcast that's on YouTube, but I also, uh, you know, I put, sometimes I'll talk about fitness there and I'll, I'll have a random blog here or there. And it's kind of turned into like a place where I can put podcasts as well, because it used to just be about, you know, about me and my journey. But then all of a sudden it's like, huh, why not put the episodes there as well? So people can, if there's another outlet for people to listen to it. Yeah, that's amazing. I'd love it if you introduce yourself, tell us like a little bit about you, and then we'll get into your story. My name is David Figueroa. I'm actually a, I'm a youth advocate for the city of Orlando. I'm actually a, a motivational speaker and a podcaster. And I started uh, motivational speaking back in 2017, right after college. And I also have a disability known as cerebral palsy. So I'm excited to to share my journey with everyone, to uh, share some experiences and some knowledge about the, the disability itself. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, uh, you will all come out more educated and more open-minded about the disability itself. And I guess uh, having a more positive mindset towards it and not thinking, oh, it's uh, CP is always negative. There's no positive things behind it. And that's something that I want to change in our society is break that stigma that CP is not just a disability or a label, but there's a lot more to it behind it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think whenever we interview anybody, I think one of our main goals with this entire podcast is just breaking the stigma, talking about people's experiences and yeah, things that we don't, I think, talk about every day or maybe don't have as much exposure to in our own lives. So I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, the the key is for, for an individual like myself to just get out there and just... Uh, educate the public you know without you getting out there and educate the public people are still going to uh have that same negative notion uh the entire time unless you go out there and um explain it to them that's just yeah. important you're you you have to advocate advocate for your not just for yourself but for people out there that have difficulty doing so yeah yeah that's amazing work um so why don't you tell us a little bit about what cerebral palsy is and how it affects you well, uh, cerebral palsy affects everyone differently. You know, you have from the most mild to the most severe, mild being that, you know, you you barely see it. You could have maybe uh, one arm or a limb affected to where you have trouble with communication and you have to use um, 
you know, an electronic device to communicate to where uh, it could impact, you know, one side of your body, which is mine. And mine specifically is spastic hemiplasia, which is my right side. Um, I walk with a, with a slight limp and I have my right arm always goes up because of the spasticity. So um, okay. with my disability, I was actually born with it. Uh, I've had it since birth. Um, it's caused by lack of oxygen to the brain. And if you can picture a water bottle and how small it is, that's how small I was when I was born. Oh my gosh. Were you premature? I was four months premature. Oh, wow. Wow. And so how old are you today? I'm 30 today. Wow. So I always think back to like, that would have been the nineties and like, yeah, like just the medical intervention required that long ago for a baby to be born so premature is incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm grateful for the fact that, um, I had a really good, really good doctors and a really good support system that were able to diagnose diagnose it quickly. I know that the first couple of years I had doctors uh, tell my parents, you know, your son's going to probably be a vegetable and he's going to be in a chair for the rest of his life, not being able to uh. read, write, or walk. And that's it. That's his journey. He's he's done. Fortunately, I had a good support system and good parents that were like, you know what? He's got more potential than what these doctors are saying. You know, I, you know, we, we love our doctors, but sometimes they they can say some pretty, pretty sketchy thing, pretty shady things like, you know, about, you know, oh, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. I know. I understand they're trying to be honest, but sometimes it's like, let, let's let's give it a shot. Let's see if if we do this, maybe the outcome might change. And so that's what the mentality that my parents had is that, you know, there's no way that one di- one diagnosis will define my life. There's got to be a way around it you know yeah absolutely like you said you want to take the advice of the doctors but you also want to stay positive and and think like let's see what this child can actually do before we put them in a in a box and you know and just kind of go with what we're told i feel like that was very 1990s of them yeah of the doctors <laughs> yes. like yeah i i mean I, I would think so too and i'm pretty sure to this day it's still um it's still the same the same mindset the only thing that changes is just the technology available you know? Yes, absolutely. Are you an only child? I'm not. I have a a half brother and two half sisters, but I don't I don't call them half. I consider them my my brother and my sister. So um, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, we're we're like we're super close. You know, from from my um my brother and I had the same mom but different dads. Um, we actually our our mom had our mom had us when. I, she had me when she was uh, my biological mom. She had me when she was sixteen years old, and my brother when he oh, was wow. eighteen. So I was. She became a very young young mom. She struggled, you know. I, as with every mom, when you're a teenager, not just having two sons, but one son with a diagnosis of CP, and you have no idea what to do. I was fortunate enough to have my stepmom kind of be in my life early. Back in the day, I had um I had my biological mom, my stepmom, and my dad, and. And the best thing about them was they were all friends, you know, Be- they were all friends because mm-hmm. um, my my mom and my dad had different paths in life. So they went their separate directions, but they remained friends because, uh, as you know, to raise someone with a disability, it's always best to have both parents there and available. And when especially mm-hmm. when they're willing to work together and they're willing to be friends. And, you know, if you were to say animosity aside to take care of mm-hmm. a child with a disability and help them have a normal healthy life it works out for the most part do your best to co-parent you know especially when it comes to a child with a disability 
you know, they need it. That's And that's amazing that they could have been so mature at that age to make that choice, to know that your health and your progress was so important and that they needed to, you know, be together for you. Yeah. And and to do that at 16 is just incredible. Yeah, each for me, each parent had a different uh different role in my life. Like my biological mom, she may not have been able to help me through to get the therapies and stuff and whatnot, but she had um she provided me with love and in, in mm-hmm. some in some aspects. And then you had my stepmom who was kind of like nudging her to be like, hey, you need to take your son to therapy. You need to make sure to take your son to school. And sure, there were times where 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 my biological mom was like, "Why do you got? Why do you have to go to school? You know, it's you're you're fine. You don't have to go to school." <laughs> yeah. Now, now, now I look back at my school records. My, my my stepmom kept them, and she's like, "I want you to I want you to see these school records because this might help you in your speaking in your public speaking in your journey." And I go through my records, and there were times where in a quarter I'd miss fifty five days. 55 wow. days wow. in the school year. And she told me there were times where they would call uh, CPS on your mom because you wouldn't be in school for the, for, for most of the time. And they got They had to check in. And as soon as they called, mm-hmm. that's when, that's when she sent you behind to school because she wanted to make sure that she was trying to do the right thing, you know? And, yeah. Oh, wow. You know, and as a young mom, you know, like I said, a lot of the things slipped the cracks, but she tr- she tried her best, you know. So yeah. I guess, yeah. What does it look like for growing up with CP? What does what does what did your therapy look like as a kid? I had um therapy like just a, learning how to walk, learning how to sit, learning how to do basic uh, motor skill functions, you know, picking up things, uh, gripping things, learning how to put things away, you know, in little in like a little like a little basket. Um, I did that for the first half of my life, you know, being a child. Then as you then as you get to adulthood, it's kinda like you're kinda on your own with it. And yeah. I tried it two, three years ago to back to go back to physical therapy. Um they gave me one session of therapy and then they gave me a piece of paper and they said so long and then they uh kinda charged me like three hundred bucks for the bill and I'm like I'm sitting here looking at the bill and looking at the paper, and I'm like, this makes no no sense at all. So I'm like, I'll do, I'll do the paper, but I'm not going back to that facility and spending 300 bucks every session for for nothing. Yeah, so, that's so, wild. Yeah, so I decided to be like, you know, I'll just invest in a gym membership. I'll start working out from home. I mean, I started work. I started working out way before uh, physical therapy got uh, you know got eliminated. So I've been working out since I was. 15 years old. When you were 15, was there such a thing as adaptive fitness or what was your experience like getting into fitness at such a young age? Uh, I got, I got through fitness, uh, through sports. My parents always involved me in, in sports and baseball, football and cycling. So I was always, I, I wasn't always an active kid. The only time I would be active was when I was playing sports. And as yeah. the years, as the years progress, doctors would say, you know, you have to be a bit more active because if you're not a bit more active, you can end up back in, in the wheelchair. So I was oh, like, wow. I had to make it. Just because you'd lose that muscle. Exactly. I, I had to make a decision yeah. between do I want to walk the rest of my life or do I want to end up in a chair, you know, basically atrophied and, and not being able to, to to walk at all. So I chose to just uh, make the changes, even though I didn't like it at first. But 
Yeah, <laughs> I think that's everybody's experience. They're mm-hmm. like, ugh, I got to get into fitness, and I'm not, I don't like it at first, but. But it was worth it, though. That's a that's a that's a key, you know. Yeah. Did you face a lot of adversity as a kid with bullying or like being in school with more like physically typical kids? Uh, oh yeah, every every once in a while, you know, I had um I had some experiences with with bullying and stuff. You know, to get made fun of for my walking or the cast I would wear on my legs, just like that in general. I mean, I even you you'd you'd, you'd be surprised that I started my journey in Puerto Rico. Uh, learning how to being in regular education and most people most people don't know this but i was actually bullied by my actual teacher in puerto rico uh, were you born in puerto rico I, w- I was born in puerto rico oh i don't know why i just like skipped over that whole thing i just thought you were born in florida <laughs> oh, oh it's, it's okay um yeah i was actually i used to alternate schools between puerto rico and florida uh, when i was in florida i i'd go to school but my biological mom didn't know better, so I would be put in, be placed in um, in a special education classroom, because they they over mm-hmm. there they over there they thought, oh, he's not gonna really amount to just be just special ed, so we just stick him in there. And then I, in Puerto Rico, I would be put mainstream in regular education. Um, I did very well. I got straight A's. Did very well in my classes. Got well with with all my classmates. Um. But the only thing that kind of was very, very dark about that experience was the teachers. They would they would make remarks like in front of like I guess me, but you know me being a child, you don't really you don't really see it. You know you kind of overlook it because you're you're a kid. You don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, they they yeah. would say they would say, "Oh, he's too slow to be in my classroom. I don't want him to be in my classroom. He's 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 taking too much time out of my lesson and." And they would say things like that, you know, just be very, wow, very um, discriminate towards me in my disability. Yeah. They, they don't want me in there. And was that just an assumption they made? Because CP doesn't necessarily affect you cognitively. It affects you like your motor skills, right? Yeah, it affects your motor skills, your speech. It could be physical as well. So it could be all, yeah. you could have, you could even have all three at once because I, I interviewed I interviewed someone that had uh, a more severe form of CP. You had to take, I had to take my time doing the interview because I wanted to make sure that when he spoke, he had the time and I was able to accommodate him appropriately, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But it didn't affect your ability to learn and be in a, in a mainstream classroom. No, not at all. Not at all. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, that's so ignorant of the teachers to make that assumption that, you should be in a special ed class just because, you know, maybe you speak differently or you move differently. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what prompted my, my stepmom at the time to move to Florida, because that was at the, that was at the period of my life where my, my mom was not doing so well. And she ended up, ha- she ended up passing away when she was 23 years old. Oh, I'm oh so sorry. Gosh. Yeah. She, uh, this year will be 22 years since she passed away. Wow. Wow. So then your stepmom really stepped in and filled that role for you yeah she she had she had to make a choice uh and one of the toughest possibly darkest days of pretty much my life during during my mom's funeral she had to make that choice she either could have continued on with her life and have me you know put up with a put up for adoption sent with a different parent sent with a different uh family member i mean at, at this point in my life for me for for me it was between life or unfo- uh, inevitably death, 
you know, so she she said she said, you know, she was 23 years old at the time as well. So she wow. she said, am I going to continue on with my youth and and get my get get my college degree while raising this child that I see potential in or do I just leave him behind and continue on with my life? And she said, you know what? Aww. I've been with this I've been with this father for so long and I've grown a deep connection with with this son and I, I want to take him to be I want to I want to make sure that for him to have the life that he deserves. So she chose me and she sacrificed wow. she sacrificed the uh the rest of her youth um she didn't have her youth. She cho- she, she raised me the entire time and she she taught me how to you know, do basic things in my life, such as go to the restroom, uh, read, write. Uh, she was an instrumental part of me learning how to walk. And are did your so was your dad and her still together? Yeah, they were they were together for the entire time. Wow! And are they still together today? Yes, they still are. Twenty two years going strong. Aww. Oh, happy and healthy. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I I couldn't imagine life without them, and and they they sacrificed a lot for me to have the life that I have. You don't see it right now, but I get emotional every time I talk about that. Aww. That's really special. I mean, that's that's a huge sacrifice. Like you said, you know, someone to be that young, they could have made a completely different choice and your life would be so different now. Yeah, exactly. And then I moved to to Florida and life with the education system kind of changed for me. I was put in mainstream classes. I Mm -hmm. finished elementary school, middle school, high school. And I got the opportunity, my my which my mom never never got to do. I got to go to I got to go. My biology mom never got to do was I got to go to college and I finished my four year degree. I have my degree in sociology, and here we are today as a youth advocate. Wow, that's that's so awesome, and that's just like so. Uh, I don't know, taking your situation and turning it into something so positive and helping other people. It's it's just so incredible that you could do that and that you were supported so fully um, to be able to do that and to be where you are now. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely blessed. That's for sure. Yeah. Aww. What made you want to get into youth advocacy work? Um, my stepmom used to help kids in, in the foster care system. She started out as a social worker and okay. there were days where I had, there wasn't like, you know, she would, uh, daycare wasn't available. So she would take me to work with her. And I'd spend time in the in the office, you know, just hanging out with her. And there are days where she had to go out on call to visit children in different homes. And I got the privilege to meet a couple of those kids in those homes. And some of those kids were like super nice and 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 but they were in the wrong situation. And then as I got older, uh being that I had a disability, it wasn't until I gra- I graduated college that I began to finally accept my disability and embrace who I, who I, who I really was. So after I did that, then I told myself, why not take the disability and encourage people around the world to open up about their disabilities and try to create a more open, open open-ended accepting environment that's inclusive. And we can have everybody have a, I can have a platform where people can have a voice to speak without someone telling them, Oh, you can't say this. You can't do that. It's it's always about encouragement. You know, it's what the platform's about. Yeah. That's what that's what I encourage is is acceptance and no and it's a judgment free zone. 
And so you use your platform a lot to talk about um, adaptive fitness. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Like what is adaptive fitness? Adaptive fitness is, is a way that you get in shape using, you know, it could be machines, it could be free weights, it could be anything around the house, uh, but not just specifically just machines and weights. It's taking those devices and modify and modifying them to the point where you can do the exercise yourself without straining your body or having to do uh, things one way. You know, like I would, yeah. for example, um, I used to, ha- I when I used to compete as a cyclist. My father figured out a way to, because you know, as someone with CPE, my the lower the lower func- the lower part of my body to move the bike itself without adaptive devices was virtually impossible because my legs would like fall off the uh, the, the the pedals. So oh. one day we figured out a way to keep my feet on. So we took the we took the the footrest from the chair and we we bolted the footrest onto the to the pedal of the bike and then I was able to strap my feet in I was able to move my bike that way not only that but you know with my type of CP I have trouble with balance and I'm very uncoordinated so we took it a step further we took the the wheels of a scooter put the wheels of a scooter on a crowbar mounted the crowbar on the bike and that turned the bike into not just a normal racing bike but a, I would say a four wheel bike because it had not just the two two wheels on the bike itself, but it had wheels on the outside of the bike on the outside of the bike as well, and that prevented me from fall from shifting my weight and falling to one side and having the bike fall over. So, uh, and that's what I used to race with. Wow! And was the sport that you did for cycling was it for people with disabilities? Yes, it was the uh, the Special Olympics. Oh, wow. That's so great. So a lot of, so I bet a lot of those athletes have different adaptations to suit uh, what they need, right? Yes, exactly. Wow. And did you face any sort of challenges when going to mainstream fitness facilities? Like I, I think I take for granted the fact that I could just walk into a gym and, and use the equipment as is designed because I'm a, like a typically able-bodied person. Oh, I mean, for the most part, uh, uh, you have the Smith machines and you have your normal machines there that you can do weights with. So most of the part, most of the time, everything was, was accessible. Like it's very welcoming, very friendly, you know, and I don't really have any difficulty with uh, a lot of the machines. Like it was very, there are few, there were very few machines that I could, that I could not do. Uh, but other than that, I was, it was pretty much all accessible for me, you know, except for, I guess the, uh, when I was going to do weightlifting, I would have somebody, uh, spot me and I would do the weights, uh, a bit lower. So I would be able to do it okay. that way. And I would have a spotter with me at all times because I don't really have, like I said, I don't have much movement in my right arm, but I could still do the lifting motions and still do uh, certain weights. So I would have somebody yeah. extra there to guide me. And I figured out a way because my, my feet tend to fly up when I try to do uh, weightlifting. I took leg weights and I take leg weights and put them on. Or I would take the bench of that I used for weightlifting and stick my feet underneath where the bar is and have the bar kind of as support. And my feet would stay planted while I do, while I do the, uh, the lift, the exercises. 
Wow, that's awesome. So how did you start your podcast? What sort of, I guess, what came first? The podcast, YouTube, your blog, what sort of inspired all of that? The pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Us too. I think that's very common. (laughs) Uh, No, but um, in reality, it was just the fact that I have uh, CP and I needed something to just fall back on because as you know, the pandemic kind of shut down face-to-face appearances. So I wasn't able to do any of that. And I was working from home and I'm like, this, this chunk is boring. I mean, working from home and not doing anything else. (laughs) So I had to figure out something to pass the time. So I was like, let me start this podcast. And I started the pod, I started the podcast two years ago, but I started speaking four years ago. And when I started doing the, doing the, uh, the podcast, um, it was just all, all audio and yep. trust me, I had no clue about audio or video when I first started it. They, and half, half my podcasts were, to be honest with you, they were complete trash and I could not stand, <laughs> either produ- I could not stand the production quality. I was like, this really annoyed me because half the time in the background, you hear all this like noise and, and pe- yeah. people, people would listen to it, but I'm like. How do you, how do you all listen to it? This is horrible. I can't listen to this myself. <laughs> you know, because as a podcaster, you you yourself can't stand the you nitpick any mm-hmm. little thing that happens, and you're like, I gotta take this out. Before I used to be one of those, like, okay, I just post it. Whatever happens, happens. But as I got as I progressed with audio quality and learned the ins and outs of podcasting, then I started picking out what was wrong with it. And I was like, okay, I really need to change and step up in production and really be mindful about what I'm posting. Because you don't know, maybe there might be a crying baby in the background or, or a nine one one siren. And you're like, you're like, they're like, what's going on over there? It's like a war zone. You know, it's like, yeah. What am I listening to? That's how so. I feel when my kids come screaming at my door. The mic picks them up perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know when we, whenever I tell people about our podcast, I always warn them that like the first maybe 10 episodes, we were still learning about sound quality. Yeah. And so we really like the episodes. The people we interviewed were great, but I'm always just like, you know, just our, get sound through quality, it. <laughs> yeah, our sound quality gets better. Yeah. I was, um, so, and for me, it was also life experiences. So, so as, as I've been talking through this podcast, it was more of like, I wanted to get the word out there about my journey. And then yeah. I kind of, as, as the progress progressed, I'm like, huh, why not start inviting guests and having share their journey? And mm-hmm. then having people see uh, not just CP and fitness, but disability as a whole from a dip, from their perspective. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've not just dabbled in the, in the disability, but I've dabbled into, uh, you know, the LGBTQ community or any kind of uh, obstacle you faced in life that's kind of like, huh, that fits into the mold of the podcast itself. I've had yeah. it, I've had it happen, you know, had it on there. So, and it's, it's been, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from people that they, they've enjoyed it. I've had people say it's helped them get through tough times. I even had someone a few weeks ago tell me that they were inches away from uh, taking their life. And as soon as they heard oh. my podcast, they've, they completely, um, their mentality just shifted from, you know, I need to continue on because I have, I have kids and I have a husband. They need me more than I need them. And, wow. um, you know, and, and they had a disability themselves. So, and the, the, they told me this live on air. So 
uh, I was wow. taken aback by it. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, most people were like, you used to take that off. And I'm like, I need to keep this on because this will motivate people. And she was all for it. She's like, I wanted to tell you this on air because I want people to know that, that you saved my life and you helped me through a very dark time in my life. And, and, and I, I'm grateful for it. That's incredible. That's that's so amazing that and that's what we try to do with our podcast too and you know to have people share their stories and you you know have CP but your experience can be so different than someone else's experience with it or with another disability and to get that awareness out and to be visible to people who don't understand it have never experienced it you're educating people um every day with your podcast and and to be able to reach out like that. And that's what we all hope for, right? That we can reach out to at least one person and to make them feel better, to make them feel like they can keep going. And you've did that. And that's amazing. Exactly. And it's something to be proud of and keep keep it, uh, and keep it in the back of your mind, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Where can people find your podcast? Um, you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, um, YouTube, and any other podcasting outlet out there that's uh, available, it's on. It's on there. Chances are, if you go onto any 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 podcasting platform, Sarah Palsy and Fitness Podcast, will be there. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's the official name of it, right? Yes, that's great. And you're on Instagram. We've got you with David CP Fitness. Yes, I am. That's great. Well, we'll make sure to link all of the like all of your like your podcast and all of your social media on the show notes so people can find you easily. Definitely. Definitely. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you so much. Was there anything else you wanted to chat about or anything else from your experience you wanted to share? I'd like to to leave, I guess, uh, close out the podcast with some words of wisdom is regardless of what you face in life, keep pushing forward. uh, Keep persevering. Always believe in yourself. The journey may start with people with, uh, you know, outlying factors. But at the end of the day, you yourself are the one that guides you to the end of the finish line and to get to the journey in general. I mean, there's people out there to guide you, your parents, your friends, relatives, teachers, mentors. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to want to succeed and be successful in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Definitely. Thank you for having me on today. Absolutely. Of course. That's amazing. Well, David, have a great day. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Take care of yourselves and be safe out there. Thank you. Too. You too. Bye. 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 Have a good one. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. That was so lovely. That was. I learned a lot. Yeah, I know. David is really personable. And I just want to meet his stepmom and like, be like, wow, like, what a incredible gift she gave him. Absolutely. And the the things that he's been able to do and like the advocacy work that he's been able to do and and helping other kids through. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was such a great episode. And we definitely need to have more male representation on here. Absolutely. I agree. So if you identify as a male and want to share your story with us, yeah. you just need, you know. Yeah, we have we have a few coming up, but I feel like I don't know if it's just like our audience is more women or maybe women are more likely to want to share their story. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But there's, you know, definitely men out there who've been through things who probably want 
their story out there. So let's do it. Yeah. Well, guys, if you have not already, we would love it if you followed us on social media and also wrote us a review. Yeah. Join our Patreon. Yeah. Join our Patreon. We've got some really exciting things coming up. Uh, We're in the middle of telling your story. We've already told my story. Yeah. We've got, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Our Patreon is just, it's different. How many episodes do we have now? Over 42. That's incredible. Yeah. So if you signed up, we are incredible. So if you went Uh to patreon.com slash I did not sign up for this and literally signed up for it, you would get instant access to over 42 episodes that you've never heard before. That is like a dream come true when you're looking for a podcast to binge, like when you've already gone through their whole catalog and you're like, I need more. You just jump on their Patreon and there's like a kajillion episodes. Yeah, if I've like if I've listened to an all the episodes available on a podcast, I'll often look to see if they have a Patreon. Yes, um, to tide me over until they get new episodes. And the I think the great thing about Patreon too is that you can um, stop and start. You know, you can yeah. join and you can jo- be there for a month or two, and then you can if your finances change, you jump off, and then you can yeah. go back on, and you never miss out on those episodes because they're always there. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that for everyone. well i hope that you have a great day by the time you're listening to this i am back in town yes i guess i never said where i was going i'm going to winnipeg and we're surprising one of Lindsay's best friends for her 40th birthday oh that's amazing yeah and then i'm from winnipeg so i'm gonna get to see i don't have much time but i'll be able to see a couple people in my family for a very quick visit so i think we should also mention that november is birthday month for somebody Oh my gosh. Yeah. Lindsay's daughter is no, turning 11. <laughs> Ding dong. It's me. Month. I know. Are we going to do like a, I don't know, like a, I, I wrote on our Patreon schedule, like, did we do a birthday special? Do you want to talk about how grumpy you are on your birthday for a whole yeah, hour? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I love it up until about two weeks before my birthday and then I hate it. I yeah, think it's because it's like, yeah, it. I'm convinced it's going to be a disappointment or I'm going to like, push people to do something like celebrate me obligated to be there and we don't yeah and yeah yeah, and I don't I don't like that (laughs) for me so yeah we'll figure it out we'll do something fun all right have a great week and we'll talk to you guys later okay bye. bye bye